Our reading today um, comes from the very last book in the Bible, Revelation. Um, it is often considered a controversial book, but uh, we are coming out of it today for a specific reason. Revelation 19, 11 and 12 and verse 16. Then I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse. Its rider is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name inscribed that no one knows but himself. On his robe and on his thigh he has the name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Um, Sharon gave a very brief but very concise uh, definition of this Sunday, Christ the King Sunday. Thank you for that. Um, this is not a day that is actually really old in our church. Um, like 1925. I'd say that's fairly recent in the history of Christianity. But it's an important day. This is Christ the King. It's the last Sunday of the church year. There's a calendar year and then there's a liturgical year. And this is the last Sunday of that liturgical calendar. You know, throughout the past year, we have studied many Gospels that invited us to walk in the footsteps of Jesus from Bethlehem to the Jordan River to Jerusalem to the cross to the empty tomb. And I, you may have already heard it because Christmas music tends to start earlier and earlier and earlier every year. But before long, you will be able to either go attend the Mass Choir in Hattiesburg or on TV, and you're going to hear Handel's Messiah. You know, when you hear that, boy, doesn't it thrill your heart just a little bit? We all think we can sing at least part of that song. I do in my car. Don't ask me. Because I'm not going to do it. Fine. So I, I'm going to leave that solo to Terry. I'm not. <laughs> but they are, if you listen to the words, they are words that inspire us. Even the non believers listen to Handel's Messiah. And then those words build up and the music comes and it says, The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Do you think people investigate what that means? Not they should. When you hear it, do you ask anybody around you, did you like that? Do you know what those words actually mean? King of kings, Lord of lords. And he shall reign forever and ever. Ask them if they know that Jesus will return. Not only return, but He is coming and He will judge. We forget that part. Judge. It's pretty important. It's the things we don't like to talk about. But it's a truth. I was doing a little research on this and there is a poem that was written 
And it's really centering on the viewpoint of the people from the first century. And the title of it is, They Missed Him. It says, they were looking for a lion. He came as a lamb. They missed him. They were looking for a warrior. He came as a peacemaker. And they missed him. They were looking for a king. He came as a servant. And they missed him. They were looking for liberation from Rome. He submitted to the Rome, Roman cross. And they missed him. He came to meet their eternal need and free their heart and soul from the fear of death. They failed to understand the meaning of the empty tomb. On this Christ the King Sunday, we go back. Remember when we started last year? We remember the words to Mary and Joseph. We'll hear them again here in a couple of weeks. You shall name your child Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We heard that. It was a promise. Our God is the God of promises. Throughout the past year we did, we traveled with Jesus to Bethlehem. We traveled with those wise men. They started back there. They made their way eventually to the nativity. It takes them a while. So we acknowledge that. We walked with Jesus in the villages of Galilee. We were with Jesus and we heard him demonstrate his authority over Satan, illness, and death. We listened to his teaching, to the many multitude, multitudes, to the disciples. Remember along the shore of Galilee, he does a lot of preaching on those banks. We experienced Jesus and his disciples during Holy Week in the upper room. And then they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. We remember Jesus carrying that cross through the streets of Jerusalem. On the hill of Calvary, we heard the words John the Baptist spoke at the Jordan River. And they found their fulfillment. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Easter Sunday, we heard the story of the risen Christ through the viewpoint of Mary Magdalene. So we remember when they go to the tomb, we remembered that, and we, they found that the stone had been rolled away. The tomb was empty, and the linen shroud was folded so very neatly, not as if somebody had left in a hurry, but very purposefully folded neat and tidy. And the angel said, He is not here. He has risen from the dead. And we set, spent some time every now and then in the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. God promised this to us, that He would send a deliverer. 
Now, if you were Jewish in the first century, you were looking for the coming Messiah. And then, this prophet, this teacher, this rabbi, fed 5,000 people at the Sea of Galilee. John 6 tells us that they may have begun to realize after the feeding of the 5,000, maybe there's something to this fella. He might just be the Messiah, the King that was promised to us. That promise is why the wise men inquired to the location of the birth of the king of the Jews. That promise to send a king is why King Herod in that jealous rage slaughtered the innocents to wipe out any potential of a threat to his throne. <coughs> The kingship of Jesus is why Matthew begins his gospel with a complete genealogy of Jesus, proving that, yes, he was a descendant of King David. God told us he will come out of the house of David in the Old Testament. Do you remember that? His claim of kingship is why Rome taunted him when he was hanging there on the cross. And they put that sign above his head, King of the Jews. There is no wonder why Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king? How did Jesus answer? You can probably paraphrase it. He said, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. That was a little bit of a cryptic phrase, wasn't it? There was no way that Jesus could possibly explain to Pilate the nature of his kingdom. How do you explain that to a person who was totally immersed? in a political world, ruled by law, how would he know what a spiritual kingdom could possibly be? Years ago, Bill O'Reilly asked this question on his radio program. He said, why is Christianity under attack? The answer is really simple. Those two kingdoms the kingdom of Herod and Pilate, Pontius Pilate and the kingdom of Jesus are simply not compatible. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of man most often do not see eye to eye. They are in conflict. Jesus said, my kingdom is not like the kingdoms in this world. The kingdom of this world, the kingdom of Pilate, represents military power. It is a kingdom where celebrities are worshipped. It is the kingdom of the self, where the self comes first. It is a kingdom 
where people are always vying for attention. Jesus calls those who live under his kingdom to be a servant. Jesus said the first will be last and the last will be first. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The kingdom of Jesus is about how you live rather than where you live. How are you living your life? <coughs> Reverend John Stott in his book Basic Christianity writes, the person and teachings of Jesus have not lost their appeal, but it takes great effort to investigate the credentials of Christianity. The journey towards faith in Jesus is not always easy. Pollock did not or could not make that journey. You know, Pollock asked a second question that may be more important than the first question. He asked, what is the truth? What is the truth about Jesus? Is he God? Is he the one who can remove our guilt before a righteous and eternal judge at the end of our earthly journey? Is he the one who can free us from fear of death? Is he the one who can offer eternal life beyond the grave? These are the questions the people around us need to be able to answer. And you can help them find the answer. It's being a disciple of Jesus. Jesus came as a different kind of king. Most kings rule by force. They are kings because they can beat down anybody who threatens them. Those are the kings that you read about in the Old Testament. The king of Israel, king of Rome, king of Syria, king of Egypt. They expand their kingdoms by defeating others and taking their territory. We live in a culture very much like that. We want everything. We need only one thing. And that is Jesus in our life. <clears throat> is there hope in this world? Well, yes, there is. We're getting ready to celebrate that in a couple of weeks. There is hope. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Lamb of God. Our hope is found in Him. He is the one 
who transfers, through God, graciously transfers his righteousness to us. Just as Adam transferred his unrighteousness to us. It is the Lamb of God who is our hope. You know, the heart of Christianity will always point to the cross where the blood of God himself in Christ purchased our redemption. Acts 20, 28, for Christ is the visible presence of the invisible. God, the firstborn of all creation. Goes on, to, I will pick up from Colossians. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Through him reconciled to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We're going to be celebrating the birth but it is still leading us back to the cross as it always should. You know, there are very few people who are going to tell you Jesus didn't exist in some way. Whether he was a great teacher, a prophet, just a man in history. The question really is not, did he exist on this earth? People will acknowledge that he grew up, worked, rested, slept, and eventually died in Jerusalem. We weakly confess that truth when we say our affirmation, whichever one, in some way. Crucified under Pontius Pilate, we acknowledge that. But what has the death of Jesus done for us? We are no longer separated from our God. There is not a religious law or rule that can separate us from God. The veil was torn. Do you remember that? When Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn. The barriers have been removed. Broken commandments have been forgiven. Jesus rose from the death and the grave. Heaven's door has been opened to all of us. This is why we look forward to his return. And he is coming back. Amen. And he is coming back to judge, to be the judge. We forget that part. We want him to return, but we may not want that judgment part. But that is part of it. He will return. John gives us a portrait of Jesus as the King of Kings. He writes, we heard it in our verse today, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. In righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many crowns. He is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine line, white and pure, were following him, were following him on white horses, and on his robe and on his thigh 
his name is written. King of kings, Lord of lords. That is not probably the image we grew up with of Jesus in Sunday school. But make no doubt about it that when he comes, know that you are a citizen of heaven. When he comes, there will be a final judgment. But you are a citizen of heaven. The second coming of Jesus will usher in that day of judgment. When the risen Lord separates the wicked from the righteous. But all who believe in Jesus have already been judged at the cross. That is where God transferred to all <coughs> believers in Jesus his righteousness. The Bible teaches that the curse of sin and death have been overcome by the unmerited divine grace through faith in Jesus. Amen. It will be a day of joy. Jesus is coming back. Don't put him on the shelf. Don't put him aside. Maybe you do, but don't do it. Because he is going to return. Paul writes, uh, Peter writes to us and he says, I think this is a beautiful verse. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day Jesus returns as our King of kings, the Lord of lords.